So today is the 3rd of November. We've come together to sit in meditation, to practice, to make our hearts firm and stable. So this uh, stability of mind is what brings about peace. When our hearts have the stability, they're in a state of samadhi. It's a seclusion internally. They're secluded from all of the sensations that we would otherwise be experiencing. Secluded from thoughts, from proliferation, from memories, or feelings of liking and disliking. And so these are the things which naturally um, come in to our hearts. And uh, we normally get these feelings of uh, liking and disliking all the time. So we have to train our minds then to be able to come into a state of samadhi, to collect together and become still, so that peace can can arise through the absence of this liking and disliking. So we bring up vitaka. This is the the initial application of the mind, bringing up an object, a kamatana object. And for example, we can use the breath, watching that as it comes and goes. We can also uh, use the word buddha in conjunction with the breath, and that's okay. Or just know the breath uh, by itself. So we have this faculty of sati, recollection, at the point where the breath comes and leaves. And we use this as the focal point of our minds until they reach stillness and peace, they gather into samadhi. So we have this vitaka and then vichara, this initial and sustained application, um, bringing up uh, an object for the mind to abide with. Or we can use the word buddha as this object or the chanti to be so, this can also um, be what the mind focuses upon. And whatever we use, we carry on with it until um, the stillness comes about, until there's peace. And at that point, then the word buddha will disappear all by itself without our intending for that to happen. And the breath just goes, we won't be aware of the breath. And this shows that the mind is very still, very calm at that point, that it's <coughs> settled in a state of samadhi. And there'll be this internal feeling of satisfaction and joy arising. And there are many different physical manifestations of this. So like the hair on our body standing on end. And uh, that's one way that uh, pity can uh, be physically displayed. Internally, the heart feels very full. Initially, this may happen for just one moment, and during that time is what we call kanaka samadhi, uh, momentary concentration, or we could also translate it as just a minor degree of concentration, collectiveness. So even though it's just this small amount of collectiveness, uh, we try to bring it up often. And as we do, then eventually the body and mind will feel very light and buoyant. And this is what we call upajara samadhi, and this neighborhood concentration. 
And there's an energy of the mind uh, through that collectedness. So when we gain the energy of kanaka, samadhi, um, then we will know any sensations um, that come into the heart, uh, whether there's liking or disliking. We'll know the feelings that have arisen, these vedana. Or there may be upeka vedana, this neutral sensation. So whatever it is, then we know and we try to keep our sati very firm and stable, looking at these vedana, taking them up as our object, as the aramana of the mind. Have mindfulness uh, focused on these feelings, knowing what it is that we're feeling, whether it's happiness, whether it's suffering, something pleasant or painful or something neutral. And so we know uh, whatever Vedana is present for us. And we also know how they come about. And these, uh, the causes for it are in the eight worldly Dhammas. So there's gain and there's loss. And these are normal things that we experience in the world. But we have mindfulness and wisdom knowing how they are. And we know that if we get something, if we gain a lot, if we um, come to a lot of money, or if we gain inheritance, that's what we call gain arising. And then it's natural for us to feel glad by that, to be pleased, to be happy. So this is the worldly Dhamma that's on the pleasant side of things that makes us happy. But there's also um, difficult events that happen in the world. There are disasters, there are floods, fires, earthquakes, etc. There's a lot of that these days, especially with the world heating up as it is. Change is happening even more than normal. And through this uh, we come about, or loss comes to us. And so the gains that we once had uh, disappear or start to deteriorate. And businessmen will know this very well, that at some points there are gains and some points we lose. So when we meet with loss, then it's natural for dislike or suffering to arise. And this is the worldly dhammas that are on the side of dukkha. And they're also something very normal. So we know when this has happened, we have mindfulness. We know that this dukkha vedana, this unpleasant sensation, feeling has arisen. And when sukha vedana is there, we know that as well. So when there's gain and when there's loss, then we're aware of that. When we have status, maybe we get a promotion or uh, or we gain uh, more reputation, then we like that. And when we lose that, or when we get demoted, um, then suffering comes about from that. And we know that these are just the worldly dhammas, they're the natural things that exist in the world. When we gain status, then we're pleased, and when we lose it, 
then the heart becomes displeased. So this is another form of Vedana that appears in the mind uh, through uh, the presence of these worldly dhammas. And then we also have praise and disparagement. And we know these as well, that when we're praised, we feel happy. And when we're insulted, we're disparaged, then this becomes a cause for suffering for us. Maybe we do something good, but people say that what we're doing is bad, and we suffer over that. But we should also be mindful. And if we are able to reach a state of samadhi, then we should also be able to be mindful as well. And these qualities of samadhi and mindfulness form a protection against these worldly dhammas. Because whenever we are born into this world, we won't be freed from these loka dhammas because they're just something that naturally abides in in this world. So we've covered six of them already, and what's left is the um, happiness and suffering, both in the mind and in the body. So there's the happiness we gain from liking things, but also sometimes this uh, pain, discomfort, arises in the body, or there are painful feelings that come up in the heart, And we need to be cautious at this point, knowing that these worldly dhammas have arisen, that there's eight of them, and four of them are on the side of pleasure, and four on the side of displeasure. So whether it's sukha vedana, whether it's dukkha vedana, happening in the body or in the mind, then we know that, and we have samadhi as our weapon against these things. Having mindfulness there, knowing all the time, any way, any Vedana that comes up, we're aware of all of it. Knowing right here in the mind, seeing that it's not sure, that it's inconstant, and that it does disappear and fade. So we're aware of these things, knowing that Vedana uh, come up and then go away. The happiness that we get from gain, uh, from status, from praise, and we know that. And also the suffering we get from the opposites, then we're aware of those. And all of these things that we have experienced since birth, all of the gain, all of the loss, etc., these are just dharmas that have arisen and ceased already. But the thing is, is that we can remember what happened, and so we go and hold on to them. Our minds get lost in liking or disliking towards these eight worldly dhammas. We can also contemplate those that arise in the present moment, that they come up in the present, and they'll also have to disappear as well. So we can contemplate these, and if our samadhi is well established and our sati is strong, then it will be a cause for wisdom to arise, for us to gain, for us to gain knowledge. And if we get true knowledge, then we won't attach to anything at all. Because when we, or whenever we attach to things of this world, then we should also train ourselves in letting go of them. 
knowing all of the Vedana that have arisen and then letting them go. So this letting go is cultivating the upekka or the equanimity uh, factor for awakening the bojanga. And when our mind uh, has this, then we'll get to know the mind as well. So initially we focus on the Vedana, but as we do that, um, it will turn into uh, an issue of our hearts, of our minds. So we start having mindfulness over the jitta. So whenever greed arises, then we know that. We know the mind that has greed. And when greed doesn't arise, then we know that as well. Or if there's anger, delusion, then we know that. And we also are aware of the absence of anger and delusion. We know all of these things. So anything that comes up, um, then we're aware of that. If there's uh, the pleasurable side of the worldly dhammas, then we're aware, then we know about that. And we're also aware of the liking that comes up in the heart as well. If there's displeasure in the heart, then we know that and we know its cause. The cause being the presence of these uh, unpleasant uh, side of the worldly dhammas. But what we're able to be mindful of is dependent upon the energy that our hearts have. If they have one degree of energy, then we'll be able to know and contemplate the Vedana, seeing Vedana as not self, not a being, not me, not other, as being merely feeling. Whenever these feelings come up, then we know them and our mindfulness is up to speed with them. But if uh, the mind just follows them, if there's not this presence of mind or if it's too slow, then whenever any of these Vedana come up, the mind will proliferate upon them and will just chase after them. If there's Sukha Vedana, then the mind will follow after that. Or if it's Dukkha Vedana, the mind will proliferate upon that and follow it. And it can go for a very, very long time. And then it's very difficult for us to pull the mind back into a point of equipoise. So if there's no sati, then we just follow all of these sensations. But if our minds do have energy, then we'll be able to contemplate in a way that brings about clarity, perceiving the anatta, the not-self of these things. So the training in uh, samadhi, in making the mind firm and stable, is something very important because it acts as a protection against all of these sensations. And whatever sensations we do receive, then we know them. When our minds have samadhi, then we'll be able to use the energy of that to contemplate. Wisdom then arises and we're able to let go. And at this point, then we experience uh, what's written in the suttas, the analia, that there's no place for the kilesas to abide in, that we've released these kilesas, we've returned them to where they came from. We know that these vedana, they're not self. The mind 
is just a mind. There's no self to it. So we return these kilesas. We just walk along this path. And as we do so, then nirodha, cessation, comes up. The uh, complete cessation without any remainder at all. And freedom arises for us. So this comes from walking this path, the maga. And when we know all of the sensations that appear in our minds, um, then we will experience liberation. There'll be true knowledge coming up. We'll be able to execute the defilements. We gain freedom, that there's no place for the defilements to abide in at this point. We've let go of all of the aramanas. And we experience vimuti, liberation. This comes from training our minds, though. and We really need to put our efforts into this, into our meditation practice. It's something that bears great importance for us. And when we train ourselves to keep mindfulness um, steadily present in our hearts, continuously, then we'll come to know and see all of the sensations that appear. That sometimes there's greed, hatred, and delusion, and sometimes these things are absent. We know all, all of the things that arise, whether it's drowsiness or a scatteredness of mind, doubts, we know them all. If the samadhi and sati is good, then we'll be able to see all of these things arise and cease, arise and cease. That all sensations just come up and then they leave. We'll perceive that they're all not self. Whether it's knowledge or whether it's delusion, both of these arise and cease. But if knowledge comes up and we attach to that, we think that I have knowledge, well, that shows us that we're deluded by this knowledge. So we have to let go, let go even of the knowing that comes up in the heart, seeing that knowing is merely knowing. The mind is just the mind. And this is the stage of vipassana, of clear insight. The result of vipassana is letting go, is this mutti, putting down, returning, that there's no place of abiding for the kilesas. At the beginning, however, this is very tough. But we don't throw away our efforts. We don't abandon the energy that we have in the practice. We carry on. We carry on walking. We keep our sincerity, training our minds to be stable. Even though there may be doubts about all number of things, and still we, we keep on. And eventually we will experience samadhi. And it's something that's really amazing when we do really feel it. When our minds are still and calm, um, then we'll see the benefit that comes from that. If there's a lot of fear in the mind, um, then we use that to develop dhamma. And we see that this fear, it just comes from a sense of self, a sense of me, a feeling of other. Fear arises because the mind is in a deluded state. But don't worry about it. We just carry on training in the manner that I've talked about. If we have a sense of self, then we contemplate that. We use that as an object of recollection as well. 
seeing that the self is actually not self. So it's normal for us to, um, while we're practicing, to have a sense of self. But we look at that, we see it for what it is. So at the beginning, um, even though there is the sense of self, we see the truth of it. And in doing that, we're able to let go. If there's any suffering that arises, then we know that as well and see it as a noble truth. We have mindfulness over it and try to keep our sati very firm, our samadhi stable, and through this wisdom will arise. We'll be able to contemplate into these worldly dhammas. Um, see that all of these that we experience are just anicca, dukkha, anatta. They're in constant stressful and not self. The heart then will abide above the world. And the world here, meaning all the sensations we experience, it will be above these sensations. And the heart will let go at that point. It will return these kilesas, put them all down. And even though this may be a temporary experience, um, it's still a very real experience for us. And initially it's like that. Uh, samadhi is temporary. The wisdom we gain is temporary. But we still develop these things. We cultivate the understanding that we have, um, carry on allowing it to grow. And the clarity that we gain will also increase. Our samadhi will become more and more stable. Wisdom will arise more and more frequently. And this shows that we're walking the path, this middle way. The middle way of not allowing the mind to get caught in liking or disliking. So we just keep our mindfulness here in the present moment, training like this in the way that I've described. Keep on practicing and don't give up. Walk this path through faith. So it's normal that we do gain things in this world, that we do meet with uh, this worldly dhamma of gain. And for those people who are virtuous, uh, they'll use that in a wholesome way, and in a skillful way as well. They'll use a portion of their wealth uh, to give away in charitable ways. And they'll also keep some aside because they see that this world is not sure. It's an unstable, untrustworthy place. So it's wise to save a portion of our wealth as well for um, unforeseen events. So we can contemplate everything like this, seeing all things as being Dhamma. The practice is difficult when a very heavy mood arises or we experience a sensation that's very tough to deal with. And if there isn't much mindfulness present and the samadhi is just absent, um, then we have to endure greatly at this point. When suffering arises, then we are aware and we're mindful of that suffering. Sometimes we may go and read the suttas, um, to try and change the mood a little bit, try and relieve the suffering that we experience. But if we have 
um, practiced a lot and we really understand this practice, then we'll be able to just be mindful of that suffering, knowing um, everything that comes up. Because in doing that, what we're doing is reading our hearts. And by reading our hearts, we're reading the Dhamma. And so we know uh, all of this, all of these sensations that come up in the heart. We don't allow the mind to just proliferate upon it. And if there's a lot of suffering, we can ask ourselves, well, how long is that going to stay for? How many minutes? How many hours? So we have this mindfulness over the dukkha. And in doing that, we are walking the noble path. When we see the dukkha, the stress, cease, then we'll also see that it's not self and that it's something unstable. We'll be able to really teach our minds here that all liking, all disliking, all pleasure and pain, it's all not self. So we use our sati to teach our minds and telling them that it's just pleasure, it's just pain, and merely that. There's no self there, these are all temporary experiences, things that once having arisen also cease. So we look at our hearts. Sometimes we may listen to a Dhamma talk, sometimes we may read something, and that's okay. But for those who are practicing quite strictly and who already have some wisdom, they won't need to do that. They can just look straight at their minds, knowing the suffering that has arisen. Even though their minds not have, may not have much strength, or, or rather not have much energy, um, they can still be aware of what's going on in the heart. Um, seeing it all as being Dhamma that the Buddha has taught. Contemplating in this way. And they'll be able to let go. And this shows that they have realized the Dhamma. So the reading that we do, the listening or the chanting, these are all for the purpose of reminding us of this Dhamma, of having mindfulness over the teachings of the Buddha. When our sati gains energy, they'll be able to destroy the kilesas. Um, and so all of us should put our effort into reaching this point reaching the point where uh, we can permanently put an end to all the defilements.